this retro thing for what it is Nostalgia goggles heavy on those things when we were kids I've got the memories of falling while my hair is turning gray I'm digging back on all the things that were better yesterday So for all those things nostalgic I also do is delight Welcome to episode 129 and the final, the series finale, season finale. I don't know if we'll uh, do this again. Yeah, series, I would say. We figured out that there's enough to do another month, but I think we're going to do Donnie Darko in October. Sweet. And then that leaves us with Red Dawn, Black Dog, and. Okay, so series finale. <laughs> <laughs> of January, there will not be a round two, but we'll come up with something equally great. Thank you all for if you're sticking with us. I saw that you know people have seemed to be in, if, if the numbers are anything to go by, people are enjoying January. So hopefully they stick with us. All the hardcore Swayze heads will hopefully stick with us. Rob's here, yeah, for the first time in a while. I feel like yeah, it's true. How, um, how did you get such a long break? <laughs> I'm not exactly clear. I think you were putting off telling me that Donnie Darko wasn't on the list, and that's why. I mean, I announced the lineup pretty early, so you just weren't paying attention, I guess. Yeah, I guess that's true. You also uh, got confused about whether or not I'd seen Ghost. I have. <laughs> have you seen this? Uh, I had, once before. Okay, that's what I thought. So we're kind of breaking it, but I have seen this movie one time about 10 or 11 years ago and remembered almost nothing about it. So. As it was drawing to a close last night, I found out about somebody who had not seen it and was actually interested in watching it with me. Oh, who's that? She she lives with me. She doesn't oh, do does she, she want to be on the episode right now? I she, saw your on, point, so if she's here, she might as well just come out over. She's on a work call. <laughs> Is she, though? Is she actually? <laughs> uh, yeah. The, be- the, the less said about what she's up to, the better, I think. That's that fair. makes it sound really nefarious. Yeah. Um, in terms of my history with this film, I saw this when I was uh, younger than I than I than I guessed. I guess I must have been about twelve or thirteen, and I was not picking up on a lot of the adult themes in this film. <laughs> so. <laughs> Probably not. No. They're really good at dancing. <laughs> Camp is fun. I wish I was a rich person. Just you I mean, going was, through puberty as I say this. Yeah, I mean, I think I was like old enough that when I saw people grinding, I was like, oh, maybe I'm too <laughs> young for this. But I certainly didn't understand any of the plot lines that were happening outside of those people are dancing. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot going on. Um, my introduction to this is back when we first started dating, my wife and I would do like a movie swap thing where like, okay, we're going to watch something that you really like that I've never seen. And then you're going to watch something so we had this the Swayze double bill where I introduced her to Roadhouse and she introduced me to Dirty Dancing. Uh, and that was, God, if it was when we first started dating, that must have been 06, 07. So yeah, it's been 13, 14 years since my one initial viewing of Dirty Dancing. And how did you avoid it before that? I just never saw it. I don't know. I don't, I, my parents loved it. They owned it. They have the, had the soundtrack on cassette and I'm pretty sure upgraded it to a CD Huh. It's probably the only time they ever did that. I, like, I'm wondering whether I had a skewed experience of this film because I think 
my sisters certainly liked it and all of the girls I went to school with and that I went to university with uh, really liked it. The university girls in particular, it was like the thing they did together as a group more than once during our three, four years at university. So it felt like it was everywhere. Hmm. Yeah, I, oh, I don't know. I guess my parents probably just never figured, here's a movie we need to show our adolescent son. Mm-hmm. He needs to learn about sexy dancing and abortions eventually. <laughs> So I just never, yeah, never got exposed to it until that one time. And even before I watched it this round, I could tell you nobody puts baby in a corner, obviously. And the lift. I, I and... couldn't even have given you that line correctly because uh, my main reference point for that is a Fallout Boy song where the song title is Nobody Puts Baby in the Corner. So... Oh, that's incorrect. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's God, maybe that's it. And I and kind of the more adult themes. I was I don't know if I would have remembered the specifics. I think in my head it was the main girl who had had an abortion. I knew that it factored into the plot because I remember the first time we watched it being surprised how much it factors into the plot. And then remembering that was surprised on this viewing that it actually doesn't factor into the plot as much as I think I remembered it did. And see, for me, I didn't remember it at all. <laughs> It's certainly important, but I mean, we're skipping ahead. So we're doing Dirty Dancing, obviously. 1987's Dirty Dancing, kind of the world's big introduction to Swayze. You know, he'd done Red Dawn and a couple of things, but this is, you know, the movie that introduced him as both. So it's kind of nice because we got, you know, we had Action Swayze with Roadhouse and uh, Point Break. Then we got Romantic Swayze with Ghost. And then we got Comedy Swayze with Tu Wong Fu. And now we get kind of like, both we get a little bit of action Swayze a little bit of this is kind of you know his jack of all trades performance where he gets to be brooding but a little funny and you know he gets to beat some dudes up and be shirtless a lot to show off that dancer bod (laughs) so it's fitting that we end with the you know kind of the ultimate Swayze showcase yeah I mean I suspect it's the the number one known for movie in his list right yeah I would say it's probably this then ghost then probably point break Mm mm-hmm if I had to go by ones people have seen. He also wears a leather jacket in a torrential downpour, which bugged me. Because <laughs> it's established he doesn't make a lot of money. That jacket probably wasn't cheap, and it's destroyed now. Did that bug you more than the fact that he smashed his own car window in said pouring rain? <laughs> There's a lot of things, Ryan. That is excuse to just, you're already getting wet. It's like, that's not the problem here. Okay, set it up for us properly now before we get more arrivals. Yeah, okay. So we have our our main character, Baby. And she and her sister and her parents are going to this like fancy resort sort of adult summer camp. Yeah, that's a good summary of it. I'd never heard of anything like this before I saw this film. So. Yeah, and it's you know largely for rich dudes. Her dad's a doctor, so they can afford to go to this kind of thing. And it's very much you know the whole movie is very class based, where all of the rich people go to this camp, and then they have you know these are the people you know you're the entertainment. You're here to like oh you're here to dance and make it you know make it seem like oh I might have sex with you. Ah, it's it's apparently quite a common thing in New York State for Jewish people specifically as well. Oh, explain. Yeah. Um, no, going at, like on these. There's a term for it. That I forget. I read it somewhere, but apparently, lots of uh, of New York Jews would go to these camps just outside of the city, um, oh. and that's where like comedians got their big breaks. So, like, I think Seinfeld first got his break at one of these camps. Huh. Yeah, because this has uh, there is kind of a 
it's he's played by Wayne N- Knight Newman from Seinfeld is kind of the the MC slash comedian slash host for everything. And they have dance instructors and waiters. And so Patrick Swayze is one of the dance instructors. And in the first one of the first scenes when they're, you know, leading all of the rich adults through this corny, I was like, I would hate this. Like, do you think you would have any fun at having attended one of these as when you were, I think she's supposed to be what, 17, 18? No, definitely, definitely. At that age, that would probably be the least time to be there. Like, I think when I'm older, I can make my peace with it. When I'm younger, I don't know any better. But at that age, definitely not. Yeah, yeah. The opening bit where the it, I guess it's Swayze's dance partner is yeah. leading them all through this corny like. Now we're gonna do, and all the you know the rich people are like, I'm having the best time. Yeah, that oh, looked like no. a nightmare. It looked like an absolute <laughs> nightmare. <laughs> like one of the few notes I made about this movie is, oh God, I would hate this. Mm-hmm. Even now, as an adult, I would never bring my kids to this. I couldn't afford to, I don't think. I'm going to regret saying this because you're going to judge me, but I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, Watch that scene again on 1.25 speed. (laughs) I watched it on 1.5 speed. Oh, you did? Okay, fine. (laughs) I thought we weren't doing that. I thought we were against consuming our uh, our things in high speed. I'm I'm typically okay with it. I didn't do it for the whole movie. I kind of just did it for... I hate to say this, the dance sequences. Same. <laughs> yeah, you remember when you had me on for Footloose and I was like, I was relieved that there was less dancing than I expected. No, this movie didn't do that. I mean, this one has dancing in the title, so they got to deliver on what they promise. And it does have dancing of the dirty variety mm-hmm. because after Baby goes through the lame, you know, oh, we're going to do the cha-cha, everybody follow me. You know, she's introduced by... I don't remember. I'm never going to remember this guy's name. One of the rich dudes at the camp to, you know, yeah. Oh, let me show you where it's really at. And he takes her to where, you know, the, for the, the sexy dance, the sexy underground, sexy dancing is happening. Where it's just a bunch of people grinding furiously to that. Do you love me song? <laughs> That's where we meet Patrick Swayze, continuing his pattern of having amazing character names with Johnny castle. <laughs> That is good. I feel like Johnny Castle would be friends with Max Power. So, so far for, oh, definitely. So far for names is what we have. Bodie, Dalton, Castle, Wheat. So I guess Ghost is kind of the odd man out, but (laughs) still continuing a tradition of having a fantastic character names. Yeah, does he have a really cool name in Donnie Darko as well? I guess we'll get there in October. I guess we'll find out, yeah. (laughs) That's, those are literally the. I stopped taking notes apparently right there because after I wrote God, I would hate this. I wrote, ooh, underground sexy dancing and then stopped. <laughs> so that's where she's, you know, she's introduced to, to Johnny Castle, who's kind of the main dance person at this camp. And, you know, his role is very much to not sleep with the, but definitely like, you know, make them feel like I he would, like, you know, make them feel wanted. Yeah. Yeah, make sure they're coming back for you as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you are you are an object for these rich people. Mm-hmm. This is a kind of a, again a running theme throughout the movie is you know viewing them as lesser. And the other theme, as we as we discussed, is abortion, uh, but actually portrayed res- I don't, is respectfully the word I want. It is not the dilemma in the movie isn't. Because it's so it's is it Penny is her name? Yes, yeah. Uh, 
is Johnny's dance partner. And she got uh, impregnated by Robbie, this other asshole. Uh, I keep calling it a camp. I don't know what else to call it. Who got her pregnant and then just, you know, walking like, nope, nope, your yeah. problem. You know, yeah. you deal with it. And she is dealing with it. She's planning to get an abortion, but she needs $250 to pay this sketch doctor who's only going to be in town one day. So they need to raise the $250 before then. And it was interesting that the dilemma wasn't, I don't know if I should do it, which I feel like most movies would go the like, oh, really? I don't know if that's, oh, I'd like everyone is just like, no, this is happening. This is the end goal. There's no question about it. Mm-hmm. The concerns are more getting it done, getting it done in a way that, you know, the dangers of having to go around people's backs and just slipping $250 cash to this guy who mm-hmm. can get it done the damages that it might lead to such as not being able to have children later. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what, like one of her big, one of her biggest concerns is more about where the money's coming from um, before she has it done. And yeah, the only objection to it seems to be the baby's father who, when he finds out that that's what the money is for, he still, he's a doctor. So he still goes and and does his thing and helps out. (laughs) But I, there's no it doesn't feel like you're being asked to make a judgment call on it as the audience no they they're just presenting like this is a thing that happens and these are the sometimes the scary outcomes of doing such a thing yeah if yeah, anything it's cool. very much for we shouldn't have to give 250 dollars to some guy <laughs> to yeah. get this done because we don't want you people to find out about it so yeah it's true mm-hmm and like the dad's not happy that his money went to a back alley abortion, but like you said, he does at least make sure that she's okay and looks after her. So characters aren't always necessarily doing the things that you would expect them to do in such a movie. It's true. And and that actually um, was in conflict to my, my memory or what I thought I remembered of this film. Cause I thought that Patrick Swayze was just an arrogant douche for most of this and then would come around at the end. That was the movie that I'd remembered, but it was more, these are the stereotypes that I've seen in so many other films that that's probably where this is going. And it was turned out to be completely wrong. No. Yeah. I and mean, there's, you know, he kind of views her as the spoiled rich girl who runs off to daddy and gets daddy's help and gets daddy's money. And she views him as, he looks like Patrick Swayze and is sleeping around with all these rich women, which later we find out he kind of was, but not because he was doing it to do it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, they're using me. I'm there. You know, I'm nothing to them. I was something yeah. for them to just discard. So a little bit more happening. There, it is more fleshed out than perhaps I would, I had remembered because mm-hmm. I definitely remembered it more. Like you said, actually of, Patrick Swayze is the, you know, asshole guy who probably drives a motorcycle. It's like, I got no time for you. Well, you're good at dancing though. Okay. Maybe, maybe we, maybe I, maybe we like each other. (laughs) Apparently they do not like each other in real life. Yeah. I gather that from some of the brief little snippets that I read. Yeah. Apparently it was all over the place because they were in red dawn together, hated each other. And then he said, actually, she'd be really good for this movie. And the powers that be probably asked, don't you two hate each other? They screen tested really well. So they figured, okay, great. Then they started fighting again. And then I guess they had to be shown their screen test to be like, look, you're so good. (laughs) Yeah. Stop this. Yeah. It sounds like they were fighting during the movie as well. 
Yeah, there's a scene they actually left in the movie, which I looked up after because I felt like this problem, this seems like they just left the camera running where they're practicing their dance and she she's like got her back to him and he's running his yeah. hand down and she'll, down, she'll down giggle and basically. Yeah, and she giggles and you can see him just getting more and more exasperated. Mm-hmm. I was watching that and thinking that feels real and sure yeah. enough. Yeah. That is I also real read frustration. That I also read that there's an alternate universe in which that's uh, Val Kilmer tickling Sarah Jessica Parker. So, Oh my gosh, is that the Dirty Dancing we almost got? Yeah. Well, I think they auditioned. I think Val Kilmer was the intended, uh, well, an intended actor for the, for the male role, and I think Sarah Jessica Parker auditioned for the female role. I can kind of picture Parker, but I can't, like, I feel like, and maybe it's just because of the Kilmer we've now known in this universe, that I would just be the whole time going, baby, run. <laughs> Yeah, it's easy to picture Sarah Jessica Parker because she looks almost exactly like Baby in Flight of the Navigator. Yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah. I don't know about the dancing bit. Again, I right. can't picture Kilmer dancing. Swayze, I, you know, he took ballet. He has that background. I, I cannot picture that at all. I, I like that summary that he took ballet. Was that high school credit? Or what's the deal? Oh, he took ballet classes. <laughs> Didn't he? I mean, I guess, but yeah. I'm pretty sure he did. I think they talked about that in the ghost documentary. Nice. Or maybe it was nice. the Tu Wong Fu documentary. I think I'd actually met him in Tu Wong Fu. Yeah, I'm still unclear on what that is. I read the description and was like, huh? I didn't listen to the episode yet. Oh, uh, then you'll learn all about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I lost track of what we were talking about. As one does. It's mostly mostly characters not doing the thing that you would expect them to do. I think that was the, the theme. Yeah, because we when were. it boils down to it, it, the story of Dirty Dancing is pretty simple. Mm-hmm. Um, they, His dance partner is kind of, because of what's happening with the abortion, he needs a new dance partner. So he and Baby starts doing that. And because dancing is inherently sexy, like just straight up, it is. <laughs> They, no. stood, they stood no chance. Of course they were going to find each other doing all them sexy dances like that. There's, no, there's very little that's sexy to me about ballroom dancing. I'm Maybe sorry. not the ballroom dancing, but I mean, you know, yeah. the other, you know, the routine they were practicing. It's like, yeah, you guys didn't stand a chance. Yeah, that's true. Um, speaking of another character who didn't act the way you might have expected, the older sister I found was an interesting character. I assume she's older. I don't know why I've made that assumption. I am trying to think if there's a reason why we would think it, but I thought the same thing. Okay, yeah. I mean, there's that kind of that sense of why can't you be more like your sister in a way? So that kind of when you look at some of the things that the sister is doing, she, you know, she's interested in the boys, but she's not particularly self-conscious, and she's willing to put herself in the spotlight and and you know not worry about embarrassment and stuff. So I thought that was another really interesting character. I did like that the re- you know when it reveals that she sucks was kind of interesting. It's <laughs> yeah. all like, what are you going to sing? What's your big showpiece going to be? And then when it comes to it, she's awful. <laughs> um, which is good, you know. It's kind of still nice that she still has that you know that confidence. And no, it's not like anyone pulls her aside and it's like, oh, girl, you're terrible. Mm. No, yeah, let her continue on. Yeah, the whole thing ends with basically a talent show. <laughs> Yeah, or like the, it's all building to this big show at the end, which is very much the kind of thing you would see at a children's camp. Yeah, it feels like the sort of show that they've put on like for the fourth time that summer and uh, and every year for the last twenty. Yeah, 
So it's still strange trying to wrap my head around just what these camps are. What these camps are. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm with you. It just kind of feels like rich people who fondly remembered going to summer camp as a kid and just want to recreate that experience. Yeah. Whether or not their own children are with them. There was some golf involved. I can forgive them for that. (laughs) I'd probably go to golf camp. I don't know if I would go to golf camp. I'd probably go to space camp as an adult. So (laughs) I don't know if I can judge too highly. Why is it a rich person camp? This doesn't even seem like it should cost that much. That's true. Yeah. This is kind of a decent resort. Also worth noting, it, it takes place in the 60s. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the movie itself takes place in 1963, which makes the soundtrack weirder in a way. Yeah, that, I did find that odd. I, like, I didn't know whether I was missing something with it. Yeah, because things like Do You Love Me? Yes, of course, in 1963, you would be sexy grinding to Do You Love Me? But then the end performance is to, of course, the big song this movie is known for, The Time of Our Lives, or Time of Us, Time of My Life, Time of My Life. Yeah. Which, I'm just clicking something here. <laughs> it, it's kind of like almost a Johnny Be Good Back to the Future moment. Where everyone in that, oh my god, look who's here. That was not the smoothest transition we've ever had. <laughs> it's not our hey. work. We're hey, talking, Sam. Sam, we're talking about, Sam's here. We're talking about how the movie takes place in the 60s, but has 80s music on the soundtrack and how kind of weird that is. And how at the end, when everyone's watching the performance to Time of My Life, they should have a Back to the Future moment where they call someone and go, you should hear the, the sound they got going and this is the future of music. Uh, they're not ready for this. <laughs> you know that new sound? You but... I hey, feel wham. like that's not something I really noticed because I would have watched it so much when I was little and I don't know the difference between 60s and 80s music as a younger person. Yeah, that's certainly true. When I was a kid, I wouldn't have known. Yeah, that's fair. As an adult, it's definitely easier to pick up on the 80s synth than how I don't think they made music like that then. Mm -hmm. That's fair, but the soundtrack is so iconic for this movie. Like, And it never occurred to me to notice until you just said that. But like every single one of these songs, when I hear them out of context, I'm just, it takes me back to this movie. It takes me back to 80s night at the Fruit Cupboard, a bar we used to go to on Mondays at university. AEP drinks. So you could go out wow. on 10 quid and just, yeah, have a night. Have the, have the time of your life, one might Indeed, say. Indeed, yeah. yeah. Sam, yeah, what's we, your history with quite, this movie? Uh, yeah. What's my history? I mean, I watched it growing up. It's one of those movies that was on TV all the time. So I've watched it so many times. I don't know how many times I've watched it like all the way through. I definitely have, but it's one of those things that like, you know, you just flip through channels. It's like, oh, Dirty Dancing. I'll watch this again. It is mercifully short after the Mm. round of movies that we've had. Especially at 1.5 speed. (laughs) Who watched it at 1.5 speed? It out both of us, but only the death scenes. Oh, okay. I was 1.25. No, no, mine was respectable. Uh, I did 1.5. 
but only for the yeah like when they would do a montage or the dance the final time of your life they must loop the song at least two full times because that goes for a, the last 10 minutes or so but it is very feel good everyone jumps in and dances with them i slowed back down to normal for that it was too I weird i eventually did just because i like that song Mm, it's a good song yeah it's a good movie it's awesome is that where we're at have you decided that you we like haven't it? we haven't fully decided yet uh we've given it a lot of credit so far so i think things are moving in a positive direction we've discussed their uh their surprisingly well handling of the abortion subplot and how it's not just hey should she or should she not get an abortion it's like no she's gonna we're not talking about that I mean, yeah, critique was too much then. dancing. Yeah, too much, too much dancing and dirty dancing is Rob's main comment. There is a lot, but not, I would argue, not too much. Yeah, it was it's, an, it was it's an hour 40, which, oh, like I was saying, I was so happy because it's on Netflix, which was also nice because it mm. turns out I don't own it. So oh. it, it was nice to fire that up and see 100 minutes and just go, oh, thank God. It's a full half hour shorter than most of the movies we've watched this month. That was like one of the key factors for me not doing Ghost, which you did not name drop me on that, but I was the person who did not do Ghost. And part of it was like, it was the night before. And I was like, this is over two hours. Ain't nobody got time for that. Well, I mean, to be I fair, messaged let's... you the night before though. You had no. time. Well, let's talk about this because I was listening to that episode as well. I was like, oh, he's calling me out already. What is happening here? And then he was like, it's probably related to their kids. And I was like, it's not me. Yeah. Yes. Oh, no, you, you also bailed actually, on Ghost? <laughs> you, I actually did ask closer to the last minute. So like, Sam can't make it if you want to uh, do this. But I totally understand if you can't <laughs> at this point because it was like two nights before. Yeah. Yeah. So that one I understood. But mm, mm. Mm. It worked out okay. Jordan and I, you know, we handled your absence just fine. I'm trying to think of things from this movie. I say a lot of times for out of context, like no context whatsoever. I'll just be like, I carried a watermelon. <laughs> That's the thing I'll say from this oh, yeah. movie. <laughs> yeah, just like I, throw that out I, there. I'm happy you're going with the less obvious choices. Yeah, of course. Stop putting baby I in like a bad when you place. deep cut things. Yeah. yeah, but deep cuts are funnier because no one gets them, or if they do, then you're like, these are my people. Yeah, I think I've talked on this podcast before about how one of my go-tos is from Back to the Future 1, except the line is the dad going, what, Lorraine? What? At the start of the movie. Yeah. I associate that more with you than I do with the movie. Yep. Mm. That was one of my favorite ones that I've pulled. It has survived a long time. I was reading a thread yesterday of uh, Flight of the Concords quotes, uh, and I was going through them. It was like, which quotes do you say randomly? And people were quoting the song lyrics, and I was just like, no, you don't. Mm. No, you don't. Uh, but the, the one that I constantly quote wasn't even there, and it's so obscure that I'm not even sure people would pick up on it if I put it in there. Because there's a moment where they're asked how long it would take them to make the money that they need to pay their rent uh, that, they, that they owe. And Jermaine just pulls up his calculator watch, and he goes, ooh, never. <laughs> <laughs> We quote business time a lot nice. from Flight of the Concords. <laughs> so what are the other quotable lines in this movie apart from the baby in the corner? Um, I mean, I say I... carried a watermelon, but I don't know that anyone else does. Mm -hmm. I remember it. That's something. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
I always completely forget the context too of that quote. I always view it more as him getting her out of an active bad situation. It's not, I mean, it's not a great situation, but it's not that. Like I always, I guess in my head, think it's more literal when mm. he's like, don't, nobody puts baby in a corner, but it's more of a metaphorical corner. <laughs> How dare you not let her talents shine? Jerry Orbach. I think that's his name. We're going to um, crash your weird adult talent show and sexy dance in front of everyone. And dad, you're going to sit there and watch as the guy that you already know is boning your daughter sexy dances with her in front of this big crowd. What What else? Oh, spaghetti arms. I do like his all dance with the kids a lot. That's my big thing. We have dance parties and I'll always be like, this is my dance space and this is your dance space. And then I actually say spaghetti legs a lot with the kids because often when they don't want to be put down, they just like make oh. their make their limbs jelly. And I'm like, no, put your feet down. <laughs> Stand yeah, up. That's a, that's a classic no spaghetti video. legs. <laughs> yeah, that's a thing. I don't know. I don't know what else. Well, good news, because, hey, you know who else likes the movie Dirty Dancing? Renee likes the movie Dirty Dancing. I thought she would say <laughs> words after I said that. But... Yeah, I hope that noise was picked up on the recording. I guess we'll see. <laughs> I do like Dirty Dancing. It um, was a staple in my home as a child. As a child? Yeah, <laughs> okay. <laughs> probably inappropriately so, because I would not let my 11-year-old watch it, I don't think. And I was definitely watching it before I was 11. I would say maybe even seven. <laughs> you must have had some questions. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> or again, yeah, maybe not, because we were actually talking about how Rob, when he first saw it, wouldn't have picked up on that stuff and would have just been like, oh, look at him dance. Do they even say the word pregnant once? Uh, they refer to it as being knocked up and they refer to getting someone in mm. trouble a few times, but maybe I was just oblivious to these euphemisms. Maybe. They say abortion a lot, though, don't they? Yeah. So I feel yeah, like you but like if you, that. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it well, never occurred to me to worry about that subplot when I was young. I don't think I, like, I don't know. It was just like a thing that was happening, but I'm like, get to the dance scenes. <laughs> Which exactly. now as an adult, we fast forward. <laughs> well, and I think as an 80s child, those topics were taboo and it was like almost an unknown rule of thumb that we didn't bring it up. You know, my loan, I didn't bring it up. Whereas I don't think I, I don't think I knew old. things. Like I wasn't yeah. I, I didn't even yeah. know that they were taboo. I just didn't know they were anything. I think that's probably where closer to where I was at is just they weren't things I even knew to bring up at all. That's fair. I recently brought up abortion with my mom. That was a fun. I think it was like over Easter weekend I got into a big debate about abortion. That was a fun uh, fun family weekend. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Deep. That's what <laughs> but, Jesus would want. But definitely growing up, like, yeah, it just, I feel like it wasn't on my radar that that's what was happening or that it was anything to really ask questions about it. Just, yeah. Although when I was like 12, a girl on my street who was my age had an abortion. Like she was very advanced for her age. 
and was not practicing smart sex. <laughs> okay, so yeah, you young. lived yeah, you lived life more than we did. <laughs> I well, didn't. Yeah, I guess yes. You were surrounded by people who lived different lives than the people around us. I'm not sure I knew I could have sex with myself at 12. <laughs> I'm trying to think when I learned what sex was from that porno magazine. Probably around then. <laughs> that's how, that's not how everyone learned? You snuck out the porno mag, you looked at the pictures and went, oh, that goes, oh. <laughs> Got it. In six years, that's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> okay my 10 year old asked my husband what puberty was what and is... I just sat back <laughs> <laughs> yeah what is yeah what is puberty go ahead 10 year old daughter I might add okay. not even a boy but I told him as uncomfortable as that may have been, he should be pretty damn proud that she would be like asking him and felt comfortable enough to ask him. Yeah, that's high praise. Mm -hmm. And good on him if he didn't just go, fucking ask your mom. Like I might. He didn't. He handled it quite well. Daddy, what's a period? Goes at the end of a sentence, unless it's the other thing, in which case go talk to your mom. You've got like seven years to better prepare for this. Get on it. <laughs> she asked where babies come from on Christmas Day. <laughs> we were all tired and ready. She's just desperately like, we just got to get them to bed. This has been such a day. And then all of a sudden, Daddy, where do babies, where like, where do we get babies from? I was like, oh my God, really? Now? That's the beauty of a C-section because they just come out of the belly. I think that's all I fell back on is there then well you came out of your mommy's tummy and so did so did your sister. Who knows how like, you got there? I feel like that's a fair thing at a certain stage. Like at not even four. She doesn't need a big explanation of where babies come from. That's yeah, I think sufficient for the time. Mommy's tummy, I would say, is better than at least oh, this so okay, so check it out. There's this bird, right? And this <laughs> motherfucker takes you in a blanket and flies you in the sky and then sees the house you're supposed to go in and just went, oh, that's the one. And then you fall. And then your mommy and I go out to our front yard and get a big net or a mitt or something. And then you fall in that. And now we have a kid. And that's assuming that your street address is actually on Google Maps. And ours is not. <laughs> so... So they would have ended up, according to Google Maps, one block that way. <laughs> so what happened with your dirty dancing combo? This is it. <laughs> yeah, this we're is having still it. it. Yeah. We're on the no, dirty that's part. That's why the you know, that's why all the abortion talk. Oh. Okay. But did you really fast forward through the dance parts, Sean? No. Not just me. Not fast forward. When he says not just me, he means not just the dancing. <laughs> I mean that Rob did the same thing, just not to the same extent. No, not fast forward. Fast forward implies that I just skipped it. I was watching it, but at an increased playback speed. Losing several frames. 
No, you don't lose any frames. Oh, you definitely do. Even at 1.25, you were losing slight frames. Yeah. I still picked up on what was happening. <laughs> well, that's sad. Is that is is that indicative of where this falls in your ranking of all your Swayzes for the month? Um, God, yeah, I guess we are going to have to do, or at least I'm going to have to do a ranking of Swayze. Yeah, because did you fast forward through to Wong Fu? Nope. Here's the thing that happened with Dirty Dancing. Full disclosure. I was 90 to 95% certain my wife would be on board for watching it with me. And she wasn't. She did not want to. Which led to, wait, I have to make time alone to watch Dirty Dancing? Which I wasn't prepared for. So it kind of became a little more last minute and a little more I need to make sure that this gets into my head before it's game time. So maybe I was in front of my computer at 9.30 last night going, okay, I gotta watch Dirty Dancing. I get the gist of this. Faster, faster, faster. Okay, stop. Oh God! You did. I still watched it. It still got my. It still got my full attention. You know, and for listeners who are like, I'm deleting the this feed. These guys aren't cinema files. Okay, I have a Swayze question, but not a dirty dancing question. Actually, I have two. So, number one, Sam, you are a Gilmore Girls watcher. Yes. And have you seen Tu Wang Fu? Yes, actually, I didn't think I had. And then I was listening to you guys on the podcast. And I'm like, we definitely watched this fairly recently. So I had to have that conversation with Dylan. I'm like, as you're explaining the plot, I'm like, yes, I have seen this one. Yeah. So the part where the small townies all gather in the evening and kind of randomly dance to random music, that was a Gilmore Girls moment, wasn't it? Stars Hollow? It does feel like that, yeah. Thank you. Also, I mentioned, I texted Sean this, but the, okay, Rob, stop laughing at me. I'm waiting for the Patrick Swayze questions. <laughs> well, that was, he was in that movie. But then the week before, when he was with Jordan talking about Ghost, he called 3 a.m. Ghost Hour. It's not Ghost Hour, it's the Witching Hour. And it's, um, it's not only at 3 a.m. So my understanding is it's when night turns to day and day turns to night. So like witching hour is like between five and seven in the evening, as well as between three and six in the morning. And that's also the time when children are at their most beast mode, like as day turns to night, because when they're babies, they don't have, they, they have trouble transitioning between whatever. What's we have question? Sam also on here. Sam also is here too. <laughs> who must have just entered and been completely confused. But or maybe I don't know. Oh, oh. something's oh. happening. Oh. oh no. I might have to get her written thoughts on it. Uh-oh. I was so close to getting in so- everybody who wanted to be on the dirty dancing episode. But that was uh, the thing you mentioned eh, in in the last episode. You were like, there was something about the ghost episode that was driving me nuts. That's what it was. 
Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. he kept calling it ghost hour. I'm like, that's fucking wrong. And I was so angry at my radio. <laughs> and- the podcast. No one emails anymore. Actually, Jordan emails a lot, but I don't read them because they're usually I told I told my sister to email the podcast and tell you to do Pearl Harbor. For oh, I would do Pearl Harbor. That's Ugh. well, except Pearl Harbor is long. I don't, and it's oh, not it's so good. Long. It's so like long a two-disc DVD. Do you remember it, it, when they were like that? You had to get two two VHS tapes, two discs. Yeah, so I'm hearing yeah, a compromise long. episode. I think the compromise episode is Team America. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it has the song Pearl Harbor sucks, and I miss oh. you. I, I've never heard of that movie. What? Oh, well, then there that we go. That actually oh my does God. have to be an Boning episode. Month. Yes. I was going to say, we, if we don't do Team America for Boning Month for literally two minutes worth of the movie. I mean, we're doing Life as a House. I think we could do Team America. There's a sentence um, no one's ever said before. <laughs> so there we go. Life as a House, Team America, Serendipity. Question mark, question mark, question mark. Uh, SummerSlam 91. SummerSlam 91. At this point, it would just be open contempt for the audience. Yeah, we're going to (laughs) do romantic comedies all month. Here's a puppet movie and a segment from a wrestling show. You said you were going to do Titanic, which is what brought on Pearl Harbor, because we were going to do long movies for Boning Month. That was briefly floated, but having just spent my Wednesday evening 1.5 speeding dirty dancing, I don't know if I can fit long movies unless my wife wants to watch Titanic and Pearl Harbor. Then it becomes easier. Because here's the thing, guys. Solo time is precious, and if I don't use it to play video games, I might never get to play video games again. I don't know when my next opportunity will be, so... She's already signed up for Life as a House because I don't think she knows what that movie's about, so shh. Don't say anything. It's good. good. It is good. She will cry. All right. I asked. Yes, unfortunately, but not Sam also. Die. Which is Correct. important. <laughs> no babies die. Maybe that's why she didn't want to watch this movie. Mm. It's all um, making sense now. That's not my takeaway. I like it. I feel like the amount of time we've already spent discussing the abortion portion of this movie is like to me that's that's so minor. And it is a key plotline, I guess, but it's like not my takeaway from Dirty Dancing. I think the yeah. worst part for me was that I just sat there puzzled and was like, baby doesn't die? What? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, forgot the abortion again. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Sam also unfortunately having tech difficulties, which again is too bad because we almost got the full swath of people in who wanted to share some Dirty Dancing's thoughts, but she did put them in writing. I don't know where you are in the discussion, exclamation mark. But Dirty Dancing is very good. It gave us not only sexy dancing Swayze, but also singing Swayze. And really, what more can you ask for? That's true. We didn't address. He has a song on the soundtrack. Yeah. The I forget what it's called. You are, you're like Something the wind. Something in the wind. Yeah. It, play, it plays like when, she's le- when he's yeah. leaving. And, and yeah, um, which is that. very meta. Mm-hmm. To hear Swayze singing a song over a scene with Swayze. In and the again, for this we uh, we also discussed another element of the soundtrack. I sent Sean a cover version of "Hungry Eyes." Uh, Newfound Glory did a cover of that song, and it was on their Japanese Screen to Stereo <laughs> Two album. <laughs> oh, nice! Yeah. I'll have it to go a, listen. 
it wasn't my favorite, but it didn't deserve to be, you know, not given to us here in North America. That seems unfair. Yeah, it's true. Obviously, yes, that we should. I, um, I went to listen to, I had a urge to listen to the Bad Mom soundtrack yesterday whenever I was driving. And it's not available to me in my country, Uh which is shitty. That's weird. Yeah. In so many ways, that's weird. What is the Bad Mom soundtrack that good? I just remember like like rocking out whenever yeah. I would watch them. What what uh what streaming service do you use? There's surely like a Spotify playlist of it, if not the actual album. So I use the iTunes. Okay. Or Apple Music, I guess. We should highlight the soundtrack. It wouldn't be full dirty dancing episode if we didn't. Obviously the soundtrack is very famous, sold tons of copies. It's good. I mean, it's got wall like pretty much every song that fires up. I'm like, oh, I like this song. Like Hungry Eyes. I like that. You know, the Do You Love Me song. That's some good '60s upbeat. Yeah. Fun. I think Time of Your Life or Time of My Life both still hold up. Apparently, Rob, Time of My Life, the third most popular song to play at funerals in the UK. Oh. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. I couldn't find what one and two were, but apparently Time of My Life is third. I bet My Way by Frank Sinatra is number one. Uh, I guess. That, that's probably pretty high here, too. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, the soundtrack, it's... I mean, even that Swayze song's not as bad as maybe you would expect a Patrick Swayze song to be. I have to go back and listen to that one. I didn't know that was happening while it it's, was happening. It's not bad. But yeah, it's pretty much wall-to-wall bangers on that soundtrack. Again, strange to have a 60s movie with 80s music playing within the fiction of the universe. But as Sam pointed out, perhaps not something we would have picked up on as kids who were just like, music! How about now? Oh, good. That's better. Yeah. Yep. Oh, good. Okay. <sighs> so what I was saying was that all of the songs that they danced to in that back bar spot where she's carrying the watermelon, those were all bangers. Yeah. Good songs to sexy grind to, for sure. (laughs) Yes. Uh, I guess concluding thoughts. I mean, Renee, Sam, we know you're, we didn't, you know, ask you to watch the movie for this round, but wanted to bring you in to at least share your enthusiasm for Dirty Dancing. So we know you're fans, but Mm -hmm. Rob, what'd you think for your first viewing in 20, 25 years? (laughs) Well, like I revealed, uh, as I was winding down with this movie, um, Melissa said to me, I've never seen this. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize you wanted to watch it with me. But I did say to her, I'm happy to watch this with you again in the future. So I think that says enough about it. I, I was pleasantly surprised. And I'm kind of glad that I've got rid of the negative impression I had of this movie from first viewing and the way that all of the girls that I knew growing up treated it. Kind of like with Clueless. I think I expected something that was worse than what I actually got in the end. I praise? (laughs) Yeah, well, considering that you quoted me two episodes ago in your ridiculous accent saying something on the lines of, Rob doesn't like movies where things happen. (laughs) Then yeah, that probably is high praise. (laughs) But does that much happen in this movie, really? So maybe my thesis is still correct. Uh, I've also heard yeah. this called Star Wars for Girls. So, yeah, 
not Google sure it. I see that. Google <laughs> but, it. Like, at all, but... Just in that it's it. a thing girls liked at the same time as boys liked Star Wars. But, like, so. then yeah. that's, where the, that's where it ends. Yeah. Is it just kind of that, like, the reverence for it? Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I haven't had that experience. I mean, sure, yes. When I said we were going to do Dirty Dancing, a lot of, but it, it hasn't been like people have been saying from moment one, Dirty Dancing, you got to do Dirty Dancing, Dirty Dancing. So people have but got I, excited I, about a lot of episodes. I think that's more because people knew Dirty Dancing would hold up. Like people who like Dirty Dancing still will watch it and still enjoy it. So it's not one, like, I never felt like we had to do it for the podcast because I knew the outcome would be, it's still good. Yeah, I mean, Rob and I talk a bit uh, at the beginning that we weren't sure because it turns out our memories of the movie were very different than the mm -hmm. actual movie is. Uh, and yeah, I think I actually ended up probably enjoying it more this round than perhaps round one um, for the reasons that we talked about at the beginning. It uh, doesn't always necessarily go the route that you're going to expect. There's a bit more going on than just girl falls in love with bad boy at weird adult summer camp. Oh, who's watching Mrs. Maisel? I know that was one that was uh, promoted a lot on the show. Uh, my wife definitely did. Okay. Because uh, in Mrs. Maisel, there's like a whole season where they go to a summer camp and, and she is an adult. Then yes, her kids go with her, but like, this is a thing like every year they spend their summers at the Catskills. And that's like just a thing that rich people did, I guess. Yeah, apparently. We were saying it still looked kind of fun. Yeah. But but Rob, before you go, you should probably hit us up with your what you're currently enjoying. And the fact that it's not Ted Lasso is fucking mind boggling. I've, I've got a quick one. I don't I don't think I mentioned this the last time I was on because it was a while ago. Um, I read the book Leviathan Wakes and the sequel Caliban's War, um, not realizing at the time that these are the books that the series The Expanse is based on. So I've also I'm almost at the end of season one of The Expanse would highly recommend if you're into sci fi. Okay. It should be Ted get, Lasso, Rob. Did we get a definitive ranking, though, Sean? Oh, what, what's your ranking? Well, I'll give it. Movies? I just I know Rob had to has to go, oh, okay. so I wanted to make sure he got that in, and I wanted to chastise him on air for not watching Ted Lasso, which well, I don't like know if I anyone else has watched it, but it is literally, hey, Rob, here's a show we made for you. Like I said to you, I'm, I'm not subscribing to something else. I just can't do it to myself. You you say free, free trial cancel, but like I, I won't cancel. I'm an idiot. I will miss the deadline I to cancel. I will remind you. When you finish <laughs> watching, I will just say, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Go cancel it right now. And then you'll have no excuse. I could spend, because, you know, I think I've said this before. I often text Rob and have him clarify or verify things that I hear on TV and go, in the UK, do they really call a trunk a boot? and things like that. And I could text you this entire show. It could just be one long, like, wait, they just said this. Is that true? Fine, I'll check it out. I know I need to. Maybe I'll find a free version of episode one and see if it's worth my time. I hope I'm not overselling it. I do think genuinely that you would enjoy it and okay. you would be picking up on a lot of the stuff that even I'm not picking up on. Okay, well, I'm going to have to go and attend to the reasons why I can barely watch anything right now. So I will love you and leave you all. Goodbye. All right. <laughs> Bye. Um, okay, so definitive, the, the ranking of Swayze. This is, you know, because it's going on the internet. This is my personal opinion. It does not reflect general consensus or probably the consensus of people here. It's not sponsored. It is not, yeah. 
please don't get upset when my views don't align with yours, Internet, because probably my number one is still Roadhouse, but that's because it's the one that's been with me the longest. I have the most, you know, background with it, and I just think that movie's a lot of fun. Uh, number two is probably Point Break for somewhat of the same reasons, but also I just, you know, I, I'm not going to clarify why each one. This is just my ranking. Three is Dirty Dancing. Four is Ghost, which is probably the most controversial one. And it's fifth. Nothing against it. I still enjoyed it, which is, you know, it's just proof of how good this man's filmography was. But fifth is Tu Wong Fu. Rude. Still, you know, a very pleasant movie that's worth your time. But if right now put in front of me, it would still be the one I'd be like, well, I don't necessarily know if I need to watch that one again. But I'd mm. every one of every other one is probably going to make its way back into a viewing at some point. Fair enough. Yeah. All well, good. thank you for having me into this crazy episode. It would have been more bonkers, but unfortunately, tech issues. That's okay. Prevailed. But I do also have to run to a meeting. So I look forward to hearing you and Sam close it out. All right. So much pressure. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. I look forward to listening to the first half of this episode and finding out how awkwardly I joined in partway through. Eh, I wouldn't say that awkwardly. Yeah. All right. How are we closing this out? I don't know. I was going to say we could at least tease what's for what's next week, but I don't know. Oh. One of the, it's boning month. We know that. So it's, you know, it's the time for lovers. It's the time for you to go get your spouse and say, you know, that podcast I keep telling you about, if you listen to it, that would be my Valentine's Day present. Or something like that. I don't know. I guess so. <laughs> we're all stuck in the house. You can't go out and get presents. So you might as well just accept the present that we're bringing to your ears every week. And as I've always said, this is a great podcast to put on while you're making love. We've said that since day one. So. Yep. <laughs> all right. <laughs> That's probably how we end it. Well, I don't know. Put such a good dirty dancing. Stop. Stop putting baby over there. Don't do that to baby. Nobody puts baby in the corner. Good night, everybody. So for all those things nostalgic, I asked to do and